While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. This is Hallie, and well, I pulled a real Allison here. Uh, wow, that hasn't happened ruined. in so long. I know. Who are you? This is Allison. Oh, thank God. Oh, I'm so relieved. Phew, we got there. Yeah, but extra scared because we're doing our found footage month. Yes. And I'll tell you, it gets me every time. Ooh, you put a shaky cam on someone. It's a really... little bit of digital manipulation. I, I, screaming. Are there the my found lungs. footage films for other genres? Or is this like unique? I can't think of like what those would be. What a great question. Well, I mean like mockumentaries. Like a non-horror. I mean like a comedy. Yeah, I guess a documentary is found footage. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I guess it's like this is more of like a, this is what happened versus a mockumentary. Or documentaries like, this is a chameleon that lives in a Madagascar. <laughs> for chameleons, I guess it's a, it's a found footage film. Yeah, um, I watch that I, but, I, I, but I like I love a mockumentary comedy. I love, love that. Love a mockumentary. Love an actual documentary. I Me feel too. like you know, there's a reason it's a classic filming <laughs> thing that genre. actually happened. <laughs> yes. Um, well, before we get into the movie, we have more reviews. Thank you guys for leaving us five star ratings and the spooky reviews. I feel like every time we record, there's like another great one. Um, this one was left. Uh, just this week by Sarah H. 1994, uh, and it's titled, They Let Me Listen. They let me listen while I wait my turn. Every night, one of us is taken away. The voices of Hallie and Allison help drown out their screams. Tonight, I look forward to another ep. And then it cuts off. Ooh, very scary. Very scary. Very scary. So thank you, you, uh, Sarah, and everybody who's been leaving those. Um, we're trying to read all the spookiest ones um, every time. So keep doing that. Chills. Chills. Thrills. Spills. <laughs> kills. <laughs> kills. Definitely kills. Um, this week's episode is 2015's Hell House LLC, mm-hmm. which I think I tried to watch like the first 20 minutes of it. And then I was like, eh, I, I'm not really, eh, I'll, I'll watch it later. And I watched it today, obviously, for the episode. Loved it. Don't know what I was thinking. It's first of all, it's only 83 minutes long. The perfect <gasps> I length. I love that. You know, we love a brief, keep it moving. You know what I mean? There's keep a lot of movies where it's like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, kill your darlings, quite literally. <laughs> take out, before you look at a mirror, before you leave the house, take off one severed head. You yes. know, like keep things yes. spare and sparse. It's so much more effective. And then also, um, so much text on the screen. Yeah. Oh, boy. I love text on the screen. And this is every five minutes we're getting text. We're getting we're explanations of what's going on. You oh, know I, I love, love that. It. I am excited. Um, and, of course, we always like to um, have Allison watch the trailer. And what are your first thoughts about the film, having watched the trailer for Hell House? I'm, like, surprised it took until 2015 for someone to make a movie with this concept. It's so, like, it's so 
smart. Like, obviously, a haunted house where things get out of hand as found footage. Like, it's just perfect. <laughs> Truly the best way to describe this film. <laughs> get out of hand. Um, things get yeah, a little I wacky. Like there are other haunted house movies, and I'm trying to think there's another one. I want to say it's called Haunted that's from the last couple of years that I really enjoyed it. But um, it, it's... it's um, Filmed like a traditional movie. So it's like you're not getting the no, This is definitely spooky. like perfect yes. for found footage. Like there are some horror movies where I'm like, yeah, you couldn't do found footage for mm-hmm. this. Or like it's better, you know, shot in whatever direct like narrative artistic way. But like this is a dream. Exactly. <laughs> or a the nightmare. Per- the, perfect, the perfect meeting of subject and form. Yes. Which is what we're all about here. Truly. Um, uh, we all like to take a um, baseline scary. And Allison, I was going to say, how scary do you find the concept of having to go to a haunted house as a person I who mean, hates scary things? I will not go to a haunted house. I am not. Yeah. I always also, like, every time I think of haunted houses, I think of that one viral tweet where some, that guy wrote, um, if I pay $40 for a haunted house, I better die. <laughs> <laughs> right, is, yeah, you want your money's worth, and also you do not want to go. Right. Yes. Um, I do not want to go to a haunted house. I don't know if I've been to one, even. Maybe as a kid, like a hayride. Right, yeah. Like, the, when they, I remember in my, li- like, our local library, they had, like, a maze. They made, spent a lot of time, like, making out of cardboard like boxes. Oh. Um, well, I've been to, of course, to a hay maze, yes. But this was inside, so it was, like, built out of, you had to crawl through, it was a tunnel. Ooh. And I was so terrified that I That's... was, like, one year, I'm like, I, I can't do it. I simply can't do it. Wow, and everyone's too scary like, for you. And everyone's, like, it's a box or the library. I'm, like, I, I think I was both, I was thrilled at how scary it was. Um, but, yeah, I, I went to, a, a couple of years ago, went to a haunted house in New York, and I remember, again, terrified with my friend Will and some other friends. I believe we got free tickets. Mm-hmm. And um, there's one room where it's totally dark, and I think a ghoul flipped a penny, and whoever got heads had to go into the room, and I won. So I had to go into the room, and I, my friend Will is like, I don't exactly, I'm like dragging him behind me, and the ghoul's <laughs> trying to force me inside, and the ghoul's like, you paid money for this. And I was like, I didn't. I received a free ticket. <laughs> and when I went in, Allison, you're not going to believe this, another ghoul leaped out. Ghouls upon ghouls. Up in ghouls this on ghouls. And we had a great time. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, the people uh, attending the Hell House uh, do not have such a good time. Mm. And um, before we get started, with your very limited knowledge of what this is, but knowing the genius concept behind it, what do you think the twist will be in Hell House? Guess the twist. I mean, I guess, like, the house is actually haunted. Um, Mm -hmm. Love it. Now, there is a, uh, a a twist with regards to, we sort of meet the crew that's setting up the Hell House. Mm-hmm. So, with regards to the actual people setting it up. Sure. What, what do you think the twist might be? Maybe someone, like, cur- like did something cursed, like... Like, great with a curse. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. I was someone's a ghoul. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to um, say? <laughs> um, so let us begin by ruining Hell House LLC. Okay, so we start from the very top. Let it drop. We have some text on the screen. Of course. What you are about to see is a documentary on the mysterious events surrounding the 2009 Halloween Haunted ha- Tour tragedy which I love. It's like, you don't have to say that 
So whoever's watching this knows what they're watching. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's like, you know, I'm trying Grizzly Man. What you're about to see is a documentary about Grizzly Man. Of course. Right. Yes, that's why I picked it. Got it. <laughs> so we meet uh, our documentarian, much like in The Taking of Deborah Logan. Um, there's a documentary crew trying to uh, follow the events of our, our main cast. And uh, Diane is the um, woman who's interviewing everyone. And um, documentarian Diane sort of neatly shut, sets up sort of like all these different experts are talking about what happened that night at the Abaddon Hotel in Abaddon, New York. And we're cutting between that and her attempts to get into the actual condemned hotel itself, okay. which she's unsuccessful in doing. Okay. And we see the news reports from the night in question. And uh, people died young, old. People were killed during this haunted house uh, set up in this hotel in this town. We meet Robert Lyons, an author who I'm assuming wrote the, the book on it, as, you know, Gail Weathers would say. Oh, I miss Gail. I know. I wish Gail was in this. Gail would just be punching ghouls in the face. Just oh, man, she'd be kicking ass. Ghouls. <laughs> Um, Robert, our author, says, whenever someone asks me what happened at the Abaddon Hotel, I tell them, you watch the video, you tell me. Which brings Ooh. us to the next text on screen, baby. I on love October it. October 8th, 2009, a Halloween haunted house opened its door in Abaddon, New York, a small town just outside New York City in Rockland County. A video shot by a tour goer was uploaded to YouTube. It captures the scene as the chaos broke out. So this is... One of the few recordings we have from inside Hell House. And we see a group of college kids. Like, there's, like, a big line. Everyone's, like, woo, rowdy, paid their money. And as I go through, it's your typical. We got fog. We got green lights. We've got an axe murderer. We've got, you know, screaming. And at some point, they see a, a scary clown bolt past them mm -mm. towards the front door. And they're, like, well, that's weird. And then a woman in plain clothes bolts past them out the emergency exit. But the thing is, they're hearing screaming and stuff. But again, it's a haunted house. So yes. they keep moving further into the house. We okay. got a bloody toilet. We got a hanging body. A bloody body. toilet. <laughs> We've got a ghostly bartender. I know, the to just having to see a toilet in bad, <laughs> it was scarier than any of us. Even if it did have blood, if it was just like, there's a toilet here, I'd be like, I'm spooked. That's you have to see a, a, the toilet in an abandoned hotel. I'm going to stop you right there. Screaming, 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 Allison. Finally, they arrive. They're about to go down into the basement, which is like the next level of the haunted house. Mm -hmm. However, they can't go down, Allison, because there's a surge of people in front of them screaming and trying to scramble back up the staircase. So I'm like... You know, obviously, there's like supernatural or horror or murderous going on downstairs. However, right. even if it wasn't, my first thought is fire codes. Yes. We, we need another exit. This yes. is dangerous. And I mean, even if there were exits, it's not designed to have like dozens of people. Correct. Clambering down these small old staircases. Yes. It, it just, you know what I mean? It's off to code. I would call the fire department. No. If I if I live next door, I'm calling the fire department to get it shut oh, down. every day. Um, finally, someone from Hell House with a flashlight starts guiding everyone out of the exit. But, like, people are slamming into things. Shit's falling over. The person filming it, like, in this, the group of people falls. Of course. And luckily, the group of the that's filming the YouTube video, they all make it out of the building. And they just turn around. There's just, like, a swarm of people running out of the hotel screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God. And ambulances, fire trucks are rolling up to the scene. And, mm -hmm. and you know, if I was not, if I didn't know better, I would think it's a fire, the way that everyone's yes. acting. 
Yes. We also meet another talking head, Miranda, who was there. She was an eyewitness. She escaped. She's fine. And she basically says, if you think that's confusing, listen to the 911 call, which we do. And the caller says, there's something, and then gets cut off. And when the call picks back up, we hear the phrase, "In the into the wall. And then this low roar as the phone cuts out. Okay. Robert tells Diane, well, if you want to get more information, talk to Martin. So Martin is this photographer who pretty much right after the um, tragedy broke into the hotel and took photos of the scene. And his thing was like, look, everyone had a gag order on. Even the victim's families were not told what happened in the house and like why their family members died. So I was well, like, you're not going to talk to the press. You're also, not going to like— is that legal? <laughs> I, you know, I again, if we know anything from true crime is, probably, I think the police yeah, are allowed probably. to do whatever they want, you yeah. know? So Martin says, you know, I'm a journalist, fuck it. So I, I found a window in the back, said smashed it, and I crawled back in. We see his photos. There is blood smeared on the floor. There are handprints. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so I immediately knew the official, like, sort of the claim that, like, they're floating is that it was a gas leak was bullshit because there is blood right. sprayed on the walls. Yeah, gas leak isn't a bloody tragedy. Exactly. Martin tells us, I arrived at the basement door and it was blown off its hinges. And Martin's like, look, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not getting paid enough for this. I didn't go to the basement. There's no way yeah. I was gonna go down to that basement. No. And get into it. More no. text on screen. Yes. Sarah Havel, a member of Hell House, reached out to documentarian Diane and agreed to do an interview at a hotel near Abaddon. So she is the sole surviving member of Hell House LLC. So one of the actual okay. people who set up the haunted house, it's Sarah. And so she sits out. Sarah looks not good. Like, Sarah is like, uh, does a lot of staring into the distance, okay. a lot of like yes, looking at her obviously. hands. Yes. Yeah. So she's sitting across from Diane and... <clears throat> We find out Sarah had been with Hell House since the beginning in, in 2002. And every year, there's sort of this indie, like, band of, like, creatives who every year go to a different location and make a haunted house. And they're really dedicated to it, and they kind of, like, design their lives around it. And also, like, they're young and in their 20s. So it's like, yeah, we'll sleep in an old abandoned hotel in order to do this. Right. Ugh. Bad choices. And Hallmark uh, of 20s. <laughs> I know. And Diane says, like, well, how have you been doing? And Sarah's like, I guess I'm okay. And Diane says, you know, like, from your perspective, like, from the outside, it's very strange that the police and the town kind of covered up what actually happened. You know, from your perspective, can you understand why they did that? And Sarah says, it was a smart thing to do. Why? If people knew what really went on inside of that house, it would have been hard for them to deal with. And then Sarah reveals she has a big tote bag full of, like, t- VHS tapes and, like, recordings. Okay. Her fellow Hell House creatives, Paul and Tony, as well as some of the tour goers, um, recorded things. And she has the recordings. But she ha- refuses to watch it. So she has not seen them. And Diane's okay. like, well, if you haven't watched them, I mean, do you know what's on it? And Sarah just looks up and says, yeah, Hell House. So we see producer Mitchell for Aunt Diane's team taking the big bag, run off, and start cataloging what's in the footage. Okay. Because they're, of course, like, oh, my God, we're getting a ton of footage that nobody's seen before. And a lot of it is, much like in VHS, uh, the the gang sort of filming themselves. So we've got Sarah, Alex. Alex is sort of the brains behind the operation. He's sort of the one pushing them forward. 
Sarah and Alex are in a relationship, have been for years. Paul, Tony, and Mac. And they're sort of a crew, our core crew. And then when they get to the location, they hire locals to be in the haunted house. So they go out on August 23rd. I was like, damn, these are two months earlier. Wow. They don't have other jobs. I'm just like, how do you live like this? I mean, again, it's because you're 24. You know what I mean? Like, you live right. that way because you're like, oh, wait, I don't want to have to have an asthma attack every night because I stay in, like, abandoned buildings for my right. job. So they go they go up, and we see them driving up, and they're, like, having a good time in the car, and they drive to the hotel. And they're very excited, even though it's, like, the place is condemned. The, right. the property is covered in, like, old exercise equipment and, like, broken down cars and, and like, boards yeah. and shit. And Tony's like, okay, I thought this place, like, was not in use. I didn't realize it was condemned because I need electricity because Tony's sort of, like, the tech guy. And he's like, I need to do my part. We need to figure out how to get electricity. And they're like, no, it's going to be totally fine. Alex reassures everyone this is going to be perfect. No, you need electricity. It's going to be so great. <laughs> right. And eventually they do get it. And, I, again, I, I, that, I was like, well, how do you do that? Whatever. I, Whatever. Generators. Who's to say? But in general, the group is very psyched. The hotel is creepy, and it's filled with, like, it's original. So it's, like, the original art, all of the um, tables in the dining room, the beds. It has the—it was shut down, like, in the late 80s. So it, it still looks perfectly preserved. However, the right off the gate, they find, like, a hanging chain. And Mm-mm. when they're trying to use their walkie-talkies, no. a voice starts to come through, but then cuts out. And eventually, all of a sudden, they all convene in the basement. And in the basement— Right away no in the background. In basements. Absolutely not. I'm just thinking my ass is going to be going nuts. Yeah. In the background of one of their videos, you could see a shadowy sort of robed figure standing in the corner of a room. They do not see it. And that's what's so effective about this film is they're panicking a lot of this movie and just running through the house. So you're seeing figures and you're like, is that a decoration? Is that a right. real creature or entity mm-hmm. that's coming for them? Constantly, constantly scanning and constantly guessing, which I love. Oh, great. In the basement, they find a pentagram drawn on the wall and a pile of books, including a Bible. And Sarah, because she's not stupid, is very disturbed by this. But Alex is like, yes. oh, my God, these are, like, free props. Like, this is perfect. And he conceives of the basement. You're, it's going to be a, a sacrifice. So there's going to be a girl chained to the wall. And then the, across from her is going to be a row of terrifying clown mannequins. And hidden in the mannequins will be one actual person dressed as a clown who, of course, will leap up. And I'm like, that would be very okay. scary. That would be terrifying. That's incredibly scary. Like, I, I'm i upset that anyone came up with that in the world of the movie and the people who made this movie. <laughs> like, Yeah. And uh, so you're like, oh, Alex, actually, is, he's a genius. He, he knows yes. how to do a good haunted house. And so a couple days later, we see them. They've kind of started to clean things up, and they're, they're drinking at the hotel bar, which is like a wooden sort of almost like nautical-looking bar. Enjoy. And they're all drinking, and they're all reminiscing about, like, the past hell houses they did. And they're like, oh, don't talk about the one in Queens. They're like, no, Queens was good. Like, Lucifer had, like, this thick Queens accent, and they got terrible reviews, but, like, everyone loves doing this. And Alex gives this big railing speech. He's like, it was a big swim, swing to come up here, but this is how we keep hell house fresh. And we're only 40 minutes from the city, and people will make the trip. And that's true. Like, living in New York, people love to do that kind of shit. Like, yeah, you know, and Sarah's like, well, the thing is, in the city, you could go outside and get a piece of pizza. But here, it's just, uh, you're in the middle of nowhere. You walk yeah. outside, there's, you're just in the forest. Nothing there. We see Tony finally figure out how to get electricity. Uh, I, again, can't speak to it. 
he sets up security cameras in every room. But the camera in the basement is not working. And they're worried. They're like, okay, we have a liability, especially if we have, like, a half-nude actress hanging, like, as a human sacrifice. Like, we don't want anyone to touch her. So they say, you know, when we hire one of the clowns, to they'll we'll get, like, a big guy who could be a security guard. And so he can sort of monitor the situation in right. addition to being scary. I was like, it's, it's, it's thoughtful. You're thinking it of is. your actress. It is. And uh, Paul is sort of, he's mostly our cameraman, and he also is sort of keeps a video diary. So Paul, we see at night, he's talking to the camera on September 8th as he's going to bed. He's like, yeah, it's really lonely. Sarah's the only girl in the house, and Alex doesn't really want to share. So, you know, the actors arrive tomorrow, and I hope there's, you know, somebody who's bonable. And it's like, oh, Paul, oh, Paul. you fool. Like, that's your priority. Um, and as he's talking, his door is open a crack, and we see what looks like the silhouette of a woman standing, like backlit. And he turns and says, like, Sarah? And this figure just kind of shuffles away. And Paul's mm. like, eh, probably just sleepwalking. And he what? turns off his light. No. I know. Nope. Mm-mm. Guys. Guys. The next day, Paul's very horny, especially with regards to Sarah. Like, he clearly has a huge crush on her. Yeah. And... But she's with Alex and has been forever, and they're all friends, you know. But he's, like, filming her butt in just her underwear through the crack in their door and, like, busts in on them. And Sarah and Alex are like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I came to tell you the new actors are here. Oh and it's like, okay, Paul, you're a little transparent. Calm down. You meet Melissa, who Paul's immediately, like, filming because she's cute. Kate, who's sort of, like, going to be, like, the um, MC, like, the host. Like, when you first get there, she sort of gives, like, the spooky spiel. And then Joey Schiffler, who is our, he's our clown. So he's like a big guy. He's our clown muscle who's going to be in the basement with Melissa, who's tied up. Martin, the photographer we met earlier, talks to Diane and he says, you know, I, off, uh, he, he didn't want to be named. I talked to a police officer who, you know, basically was like, I can't have any of my identity revealed. One of the first bodies that the police found when they got into the house was a Hell House member. They don't say which one. Their throat had been cut. And the police officer is pretty sure that the wound was self-inflicted. It's like, oh boy. Oh. And then and then they say, and then there's a the very strange, very sad case of Joey Scheffler, the clown, who made it out alive, but refused to talk to authorities about what he saw. Nine days later, he was found dead in his home. He had hanged himself. So Joe, poor Joey did survive. Oh no. And, but did only survive for nine more days because of what he saw was so horrible. Cut to 10 days later, things are in full motion. Like, the place is getting really spooky. Like, they've got all these, and it's generally very effective. Like, it's like ghouls, goblins, ghosts, like, corpses. Corpses to beat the band. And Paul's hitting on Melissa, you know, again, is the only woman. Kate's, like, a little bit older. And it's like, oh, the only woman who is in my age range, I will just constantly be hitting on her. And Alex is explaining to Melissa, you know, like, you're going to be in the basement as her sacrifice. And Paul says, yeah, which is great because, like, that pentagram was already there. And Melissa's like, wait, I thought you guys drew it. That's so funny because you've heard the rumors about this place. And Paul's like, what rumors? And Alex is like, it's just, don't worry about it. It's just rumors about the hotel. It's not real. And Melissa says, well, the owner allegedly hanged himself. And some things happened. Some guests went missing. So they had to shut down the hotel. I was like, wow, like, when did that, like, do you need more details? She's like, I'm really bad I, with, like, local history. That's just what I've heard. So Robert and Martin tell Diane, the rumors about the hotel all started with the hotel's builder, Andrew Tully. 
Okay. And, and Robert fills us in. So some say that Andrew Tully moved to Abaddon because— intentionally to build a hotel because it was named Abaddon, which in some versions of the Bible is the name of the demon who guarded the gateway to hell. Some say Andrew Tully was the head of a cult, and he considered himself a modern-day Dante. So I think we're to think the pentagram in the basement was not simply, you know, it's not there for atmosphere. He was trying to get his business done. Martin informs Diane, the first two people who went missing were an 11-year-old girl and her mother. And Tully tried to say, like, oh, I have documents saying that they left. But the rumor ruined his business, and in 1989, he ended up hanging himself in the living room. Meanwhile, September 19th, they're setting up the terrifying clown dolls, including sort of the iconic terrifying clown doll of the movie. It's a bald, totally white clown doll with, like, black lipstick and black eye makeup, and mm-hmm. the its eyes and mouth are bleeding. No. And then it has a black and white, like, satin clown outfit. No. And they're like, oh, my God, this is so scary. And apparently it's a mask on a mannequin. And they're like, should we give it to Joey or should we put it on the mannequin? They're like, well, Joey, like, it's like, it doesn't really have, you can't really see through the eyes. So, like, we got to right. give Joey a different one. And this was on the mannequin. Like, oh, it's it's our best mask. Like, how should we use it? But eventually they just put it on a mannequin and they put it in their sort of pile of, of clowns. Meanwhile, pile of like, clowns is a terrible phrase. And I'm like, did they hire, like, a U-Haul? Like, how did they get all these clowns right. up here? Right, you this know? is pre-Amazon Prime, so. Allison, Paul wakes up in the middle of the night, immediately starts filming, and takes his camera out into the hall where the, all the other guys have assembled because they've heard a scream. Paul says, like, well, maybe it's a soundboard. That's the first moment of, like, you heard somebody screaming, you should all leave. Yeah. Right? Just go. So the next day, Joey is sort of like, they're like, oh, our, like, our clown's here. Joey, you're the man. And Joey shows them, and apparently this actor actually could do this, he could pull his eyeball out of its his its um, socket and hold it between his fingers. No. Which is horrifying. Truly. And they send Joey down to the basement to get dressed in his clown outfit. Alex and Sarah go back to the city for like a last supply run as they, you know, we're getting into the last couple, you know, the last month, I guess. So they're going to like, what do we need to have? And they and everyone else is setting up corpses in the dining room and hanging fake meat above the toilet. No. No. And at the and then there's an upright piano where they've propped a ghoul, and his name is Hector. So Hector the ghoul is, like, at the piano. Hector the ghoul. And at this point, now, visually, there's something horrifying around every corner, which is, like, so effective. Like, anytime anyone walks in any room, it's like, is that a real ghoul? It's yes. like, mostly it's not. Allison, Paul stops short when he finds what he believes to be Tony dressed in the bleeding eye clown mask and costume standing at the top of the basement stairs and just sort of staring down into the darkness. No. And he turns to Terry Paul. Paul's like, oh, my God, that's so scary. Like, let me know when you need me down there. Like, you look crazy. He Paul turns and walks back into the piano room with Hector's ghoul, and he finds Mac and Tony just broing out and hanging out. Then who was Cloud, Allison? Who was the clown? Paul runs back, but the clown is now just sitting propped up against the wall where it was before. And Paul's not an idiot. So when that night when Alex and Sarah comes back, he makes everyone watch his video. But they're like, Paul, you're the prankster. Like, you're the goose. Like, you were trying to trick us. You know what I mean? No. And Listen Paul, to and him. And Paul's like, I wasn't. I shot this solo. I don't know who was in there. And how did that—who who was Cloud? And who was which Clown? Which brings to the second question, Allison— what would you do? Allison, what would do? What would do? 
What would you do? <laughs> Get the fuck out of there. Leave. Yeah, it's almost like this is a movie that like would not happen because neither of us would be there. But yes. I'll tell you, <laughs> I, you hear a scream in the middle of the night. That's when I'm gone. Yeah. But I see a fucking cloud walking around and I don't know. It wasn't Joey. It wasn't Tony. It wasn't any of the guys or Sarah. I'm gone. Buy me a bus ticket. I'm never talking to you motherfuckers again because you're about to be dead. I would be walking back to New York City. Like, if that's 100%. what it took. 100%. Absolutely. Like, I'm like, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Um, Absolutely. There is no part of me that would stay there. No question. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I had a charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. That week, they shoot, like, a commercial for Hell House, and they have, like, Sarah joking around with two bloody corpses behind the hotel. They're kind of, like, laughing. And they turn, and they catch Sarah, and she's standing and staring at a Virgin Mary statue in the backyard. And then she kind of comes to and, like, waves at them and walks away. Allison, showtime is coming close. Oh, they God, put up oh, the God. Hell House sign, and Tony mounts a head cam to Paul's head. So Paul's going to do a visual run-through of the house. And again, this is such an elegant way to do a low-budget horror movie. It's really good. You strap a camera to someone's house, and then you set up an actual haunted house, and then you have actors pop out. It's so good. It's So Paul is now walking through, and there's strobe lights. You know, he's walking through the hallway. And in the light, we could see a figure moving towards him, and then another, and then another, clearly walking towards him. And Paul says, how many freaks do we have? And Tony's like, um, three. Well, there's way more than that. So Paul freaks out, and he's pounding on the door. Let me out, let me out. He's able to bust in back into the hallway as Tony runs over, like, what's wrong? And Paul just vomits. Allegedly, that actor just vomited. That was not planned. Which, <laughs> I don't know whether he was just nauseous. That's why he did. I don't know. I mean, again, effective. We see the—Paul shows everyone the footage and the photos after— the there are too many freaks. The the either too many freaks. there are new freaks or the costumes are moving of their own accord. Either way, bad news. Bad news. Bad news bears. Paul's like everybody two weeks know to what's go, going on. And all our actors are gonna get scared and run away because of you. What are we gonna do when we have no actors? You're talking like a fucking insane man. I'm talking like a businessman. Do you wanna be here? Do you wanna make money? Do you want hell else to be a success? Calm down. Paul reasonably is like, I don't know if I could stay here freaking yes. out, but Alex calms him down. Robert tells Diane in current days, Alex was his own worst enemy. He was the one driving this. Sarah was his girlfriend. Mac was his childhood friend. Tony and Paul were his first hires. Everyone stayed because they were loyal to Alex. So Alex is the one who's like, we have to do this, even as more and more obviously haunted shit starts yes. happening. Yes, yes. For example, that night, Paul leaps up in the middle of the night, a sound, and he runs to the top of the stairs, and... Allison, he's filming, and Mac joins him because Mac also is up. They look down, and at the bottom of the stairs, they're on the second floor, and so they're shooting okay. down the first floor. 
they see the bleeding eye clown mannequin standing at the bottom of the stairs. No. Mac, a braver person than I, goes down the fucking stairs, Allison. What? No. With Paul filming right behind him. And he grabs the clown, and it's just a mannequin. And Mac's like, somebody must be pranking us. And he goes, and I guess I'll put, it, I'll put it back in the basement. No. So they go back. When they do, and they, so they, they, they're carrying the clowns to the first floor, they are startled, startled to find Sarah sleepwalking, staying, standing against a wall and speaking seemingly backwards. So they kind oh. of put the clown mannequin down, and they go try to wake her. She comes to screaming, panicking, and they're like, you're okay, you're sleepwalking. Sarah's obviously very distressed, reasonably so, to find herself wanting her in the hotel. Even more distressing, Allison. When they turn around, the clown mannequin is fucking gone. He's no. on the loose. He's footloose and fancy free. No, you got to get eyes on the clown. Run out the front door. Run out the Scream front door. Scream everyone. The fuck out of there. Call the cops. Yes. Do call whatever the cops you have to do. On the clown. Panicking, they all creep through the dining room, which is full of fake corpses. And they turn, and there's like a dining room area. And it's covered, it has like a beautiful tablecloth and table setting, and it's covered in lit candles. And that's where they find the clown mannequin propped against the wall, and they all run screaming back upstairs. In the yes. morning, Sarah is sobbing. We see Paul sort of shooting them from a distance. Sarah's sobbing. Alex is comforting her. But again, he's also convincing her and everyone else to stay. Paul, Alex, I, I know. Not worth it. I'm sure it is very man. scary. Yes. That evening, Paul records in his room and tells us it's three days until the opening of Hell House. Everyone is stressed. Paul personally thinks that they have no business being there, and he is correct. Paul is correct. But Alex is confident it's all going to come together, and Sarah looks worse and worse. Like, after the sleepwalking, she looks horrible. Yeah. And Paul says, and she normally looks great. Ugh, relax on the editorializing, Paul. The entire time, Allison, his door is cracked open. Oh, couldn't be me. And a light, red light is shining through. Oh, cool. Relaxing. Later that same night, Paul wakes up and starts filming again, just like directly to his face. He doesn't see that there is a girl, I'm assuming the 11-year-old, in a nightdress, clearly dead, staring at him with pale, beady eyes. No. And he turns to see her and he does, I'm surprised you don't see this more in horror movies, he hides under his sheets. It's just like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He's panicking. Yes. Allison, he finally lifts the sheets, and the girl's face is inches from his. No. He screams, and of course you get this fa- the fabulous found footage, the distortion. The next thing you know, it's the morning. Tony is picking up Paul's video camera. Paul is gone. Paul. Everyone is like, what should we do? He wouldn't, Tony's like, he wouldn't just leave. Like, I, I don't understand. And Max's like, no, remember four years ago, he bailed on us and he missed two shows. He's just, Paul's a fuck up. He's flaking out. He's going to show up eventually. I'm not worried. This is like his MO. Mm-hmm. You know, and Paul, Tony's like, okay, can we just call him? Allison, Alex calls Paul's cell phone and it picks up. But when he, he answers it, it's just an insanely loud screech. And Alex drops his phone, and all the guys are freaked out. Um, that's and, terrifying. And Alex's phone shatters on the ground, and he storms out of the room. Again, you call your friend who has gone missing. And instead of, hello, it's Paul, you hear an unholy shriek. <laughs> Leave, call the cops. Yeah, get at, like, this. things are going from bad to worse quickly. That very night, they hear the piano playing in the front room. 
And Mac and no. Tony are like, oh, okay, Paul's in the house. He's fucking with us. He's just being an asshole. They and they and there's so many great shots. Like at one point, Tony turns, he's holding the camera, and you just see a figure standing down at the end of the hall. They don't even see it. We see it. And again, is it a ghoul? Is it a mannequin? Is it real? Is it a a real ghoul? We don't know. And they don't even n- notice it. Oh they my get God. to the piano. Allison, it's just Hector the ghoul, the mannequin. Is that real? Who played piano? Unfortunately, just then, they hear a man screaming from somewhere in the house, assuming, as I would, that it's Paul. Mm-hmm. And they run through the bar and down into the basement. And Allison, I got to ask you, at this point in the film, who will survive? Who will survive? Well, we know Sarah survives because she's handed over the tapes. Or at least she survives, mm-hmm. like, to current day. Um, yes. That's a good distinction. Mm. Surviving Hell House versus surviving today. Right. So surviving Hell House, I guess, don't, is it, if she's the lone survivor. That we know they, of. Oh. I'm going to guess they all die except there is one. I, maybe Paul is still alive somehow. And then how do we feel about Diane and her crew? I mean, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't think not anybody great. involved with any of this has, like, a good future or, or possibility of living for a long time. Um, we could all agree on that. I'm going to guess her, like, she survives, but her crew does not. Okay, fabulous. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer reported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. They go down the basement where we see, as he should be, the bleeding eye clown mannequin next to his equally terrifying clown mannequin friends. And they're, they're trying friends. to figure out where's his scream coming from. And they open a giant freezer, and just then, Tony, who has the camera, turns and sees all the clowns' heads have turned to look at them. Nope, nope, Tony nope, screams nope, and nope, basically nope, nope. shoves Mac into the freezer in front of him and shuts the door. And Tony's like, the clowns, their heads! And Mac's like, I don't believe in ghosts. There has to be a rational explanation. I'm sure it's just somehow it's Paul fucking with us. And they burst back in the basement. The clowns' heads are facing forward. Everything looks totally normal. And Max said, please, see, he's in the house. He's fucking with this. Allison, they turn, and Paul is sitting there, shoeless, propped against the wall. And he opens his eyes, and he stares at them soundlessly. Max, like, fuck you, Paul. We were worried about you. And Tony calls the guys downstairs, and he's like, okay, we got to call this off. We're about to open tomorrow night. The clown's heads are turning. Paul is catatonic. Paul will not respond to anybody. But— You know, like, everyone's—Alex is, like, his best bud. He's trying to calm everybody down. Mac is sort of, like, Alex's, because they're childhood friends, sort of, like, Alex's, like, 
I don't want to say minion, but kind of like whatever Alex yeah. says. It's like, yeah. let's normalize everything for dear leader, you know? Right. So Tony's basically like, okay, well, fuck you. I quit. I'm not, do- I'm not doing this anymore. And he runs out to pull down the Hell House sign, and Mac follows him to calm him down. There's this very, you know, we sort of see this jittery video of Sarah in the car, and then Tony sitting in a beautiful field, and he's having a conversation with Mac, and he's like, okay, I can't leave. Mac's right. And apparently Mac has convinced him to stay. And they have this conversation that I don't exact. I looked it up online, and I am unsatisfied with what it's about, but that's fine. So Tony says to Mac, you knew, but you didn't tell me, and now we're fucked. Alex fucking screwed us. Tony asks Mac, does anyone else know? And Mac says, it's just me and Alex, not Sarah or Paul. And Mac says about Paul, what's scary is why he's not telling him. So, like, why Alex isn't telling Paul. So I looked it up. You're never given any explanation. I assumed going into this, what the conversation was going to reveal is like, we have no money. In order right. for us to recoup it, or alternately, I thought, when I hear the line, what's scary is why he's not telling him. I'm like, oh, is this like Sarah's pregnant? They need the money to like... Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was like, some compelling reason, but they never say what it is. And I was like, what an interesting choice. I don't hate it. It's just like... It, whatever that he said to him convinced Tony to stay for one more night towards till opening day. Mm. Um, now, in current day, Diane asked Sarah, so was, would you consider like the Hell House, was it safe when you opened? Were you ready? Was management, specifically Alex, was he of sound mind? Like, could something of man, unmanagement and right. could have contributed to this? And we see sort of Alex directing all the actors and everyone getting position. And Sarah says, Alex said everything was okay. And Diane says, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm just going to ask, why didn't you leave? Like, if all this stuff was happening, why wouldn't you leave? And Sarah's like, I just, she's like, I just couldn't leave Alex there. Like, I just, I couldn't go. You know, and that's kind of what everyone's policy is. Like, everyone, he is their charismatic leader. And like, at the same time, they all feel responsible for him and like the success of this because he cares so much. Right. Miranda, the eyewitness we met at the beginning, says, you know, we got to the basement steps and we saw the clown guy running past us. And, you know, when we get to the top of the stairs, everyone was swarming out. So we know by now the clown guy, that's Joey. Right. So, like, Joey escaped. So in that first video, we saw him bolting out yes. to survive. Unfortunately, not very long. But we know yes. at least one figure we saw at the beginning. Right. Um, you know, Back at Hell House, Alex talks to uh, Joey, Melissa, and Kate, the actors. And they're like, hey, we're so excited, you know, like, to get going tonight. Where's Paul? Paul used to be here. We haven't seen him for, like, two days. And Alex is like, don't worry about Paul. You know, and Max like, yeah, it's going to be totally fine. Tony apologizes to Alex, which is insane. Like, you're apologizing to Alex for maybe leaving. When you're staying at a clearly haunted hotel. Clearly things are super fucked up and, like, it is not your fault for wanting to leave. That is absolutely the correct instinct. And so they, like, he and um, Alex have sort of a moment of reconciliation. We then see Alex goes up to talk to Paul. Paul is lying in his bed, completely catatonic. And ostensibly has been for the past 48 hours. And Tony can't get him to get up. But it's opening night, baby. Take him to a hospital. What are we doing? Call his parents. Yeah, take him to get some sort of care. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, something happens to your very gregarious, loudmouth friend where he is dead silent and you can't get him out of bed. Maybe something traumatic happened. Please help him. But help him. they got this bigger thing. They have Alex's They got vision. to open the hell house. 
Hell House. They have Hell House LLC. So we see Joey take his place in the basement in his clown costume, seated next to the other clowns, including the bleeding eye clown. And Mel- Melissa gets chained to the wall in front of the pentagram, and Mac cuts her nightgown off. So she's just wearing underwear. And she's like, she's really excited. She's like, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is going to be so scary. And then she's like, you'd tell us if anything was wrong, right? And Mac's like, yeah, yeah, I would. I'm for sure. <sighs> Yeah, I would, I would tell them. So Alex and Tony take their place in the control room. So Alex and Tony are in the control room, and they have a camera in every room so they can monitor it. But they're already having walkie-talkie problems. And so, like, they can't hear Mac. Mac is in the Hell House. He's recording on his head camera. He has a flashlight. Sort of, he, okay. he's there on hand in case, like, anything. He needs sure. to be there to help people. And so um, he walks behind Kate. Kate's welcoming. There's, like, a crowd of people cheering. It's like, she's like, hope you have a reservation at the hotel. You can't get in without a reservation, you know, during her speech. And so they let people in. And we hear people already screaming and laughing. And, like, there's even kids. Like, you know, we see the group from the original YouTube video. So then, like, the video we mm-hmm. see, we're we seeing that the, that Mac is taking sort of cuts with the original YouTube video to sort of give okay, us more context. Um, and Alex is giving orders to Tony, like, pick up the strobe in the rat room. Oh, the rat room. <laughs> the rat room. And we follow along with the YouTube group, and um, we see Sarah run up to Mac on his camera. It's like, I just saw Paul. He's, like, up and about in the house. Just then, that's when they see Joey run up the basement steps. And they're hearing screaming and groaning. They're like, what that? What happened with Joey? Like, we, we didn't right. go. T- so Mac sends Sarah outside to talk to Joey and be like, what's going on? And Mac's going to try to make his way to the basement. And so then we see when Sarah runs out the emergency exit, she's the woman from the YouTube video. So she's the one escaping after Joey. So we know both of them have left the house. Something is wrong. You know, like, no one's walkie-talkies are working. And finally, we see video that a, um, you know, an attendee took from the basement immediately before Joey left. Melissa is screaming, like, Joey, unlock me, because she's actually, like, chained up. She's like, right. and she keeps screaming to the attendees, like, this isn't part of the show. And Joey, who is a coward, bolts up the stairs yeah. as a cloaked figure, much nope. like we saw earlier that one time, stands in the far corner of the basement and starts approaching Melissa. And the no. attendees are like, are you okay? And she's screaming, this isn't part of the show, this isn't part of the show. And they all try to exit through the basement exit. So, like, the the idea is they come down the stairs and then they leave through the basement. The exit door is locked. The only way to escape no. is back up the stairs. Got it. And this figure is approaching Melissa and everyone starts screaming. And, of course, it's found footage. You know, someone's dropping the camera. Right. We see all these distortion. And finally we see a just demonic face leap towards the camera. Oh, my God. And then it's just fucking mayhem. Yeah. Mac is, he's, he, luckily he, like for the original YouTube video, Mac is, has a flashlight and he's guiding a group of people out of the exit only to have the door slam and lock right before he's able to get out. He yells for Tony, Tony, you go to the basement. I'm going to try to get the rest of, there's like still people in the house. I'm going to try to get them out of the house. Mac's camera, as he's running through the house, we see the little girl from Paul's room. Right. But again, there's so much chaos. He doesn't, he's never seen her before. He doesn't know that she's not a real girl, you know? Right. Yeah, she's just a dead girl. (laughs) So Mac and Tony are both running towards the basement girl. Tony makes it through, and the door slams shut, and Mac is locked out of the basement. Fortunately, Sarah, uh, Sarah, Mac finds Sarah. She's come back in to try to figure out what's going on. And unable to get out of any of the ground floor doors, they are forced to run upstairs 
panicking, trying to figure out how to get out. And they end up running up to the attic where they find Alex hanging himself, much like the original owner of the hotel. So, of course, Sarah is freaking out. They're trying to get him down. They're screaming, and they're so distracted. They don't see until they turn and look. There are three cloaked figures watched over by a fourth figure who doesn't have a hood descending on them. Nope. In modern time, Sarah tells Diane, I came downstairs and when I got to the first floor, the police were just arriving, and they rushed me out. And Diane says, okay, so nothing nothing happened on your way out. And Sarah says, nothing happened, but I'm going to need to take a break because it's taking me a lot out of me. And, Sarah, and Diane's like, absolutely, go rest. We'll come find you, you know. And Sarah tells Diane, like, I'm going to go rest. I'm in 2C. Come in a few hours, and I can talk more. Yeah. And as we're leaving, we don't see it recorded, but Sarah tells Diane, You know, you should really try and get inside the house if you can. It's time. And Diane's like, well, we tried, but, like, it's all boarded up. And Sarah's like, I really wouldn't let that stop you. You know, I think you need to go in there. We Oof. hear Diane arguing with her producer and camera person, like, let's break into the hotel. It's 5 a.m. No one's around. And Diane's like, are you really afraid of a g-g-ghost? Diane, you're stupid. I'm sorry. Diane, like, at this point, Diane, That feels you're... like a death wish. Yeah. On their way out, Diane says to the um, hotel like concierge person, will you let the woman in 2C, Sarah Havel, know that we're stepping out in case she's looking for us with a documentary? And the hotel lady's like, "Um, our rooms don't have letters. Also, uh, there's nobody by that name staying here, which I don't think they're legally allowed to tell you that, but... No, I don't think so. The point of it is, you know, that, you know, regardless of whether or not she's using a pseudonym, which is what Diane rationalizes... We don't have um, letters on our hotel rooms. Right. However, Diane is much like all many documentaries in a horror movie, really invested in this. So she's yes. like, you know, Sarah must be using a pseudonym. And Sarah, this is the first time she's talking to anybody. So pretty much after this happens, Sarah, she tells Diane, I, I'm staying with family. So she really has not been, she kind of disappeared after this. Yes. So this is a huge get to have this the the sole survivor of Hell House LLC being willing to talk. So Diane is rationalizing a bunch of stuff that isn't rationalizable. Mitchell, meanwhile, who we saw earlier, the producer who took all the tapes, mm-hmm. he's still cataloging the footage, and they have a text on the screen, and it says, basically, Mitchell, producer, found something after Diane and the crew left for the hotel. So he is, what he is what we're watching is what Mitchell saw Minutes too late to stop Diane and her crew from going to the hotel. On the tape, we see Sarah making her way through the house to the front door, like she said. Uh-huh. Which is, the hell house is totally empty. She's terrified. She's panicking. She has um, Tony's camera, or I guess it's Max's camera. She's panicking, and right in front of the door, she finds Paul standing there, stock still, like staring. Yes. And so relieved, she runs up and hugs him. But Paul just moves past her, and he takes the camera from her and silently turns and just starts beating her with it. Sarah hits the ground. She's, like, choking on blood. Oh, my and God. And she struggles to breathe, we hear, like, this approaching footsteps. No. And sort of the sweep of, let's say, a cloak. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's body sweeping. gets dragged out of camera and down the hall. And right after that, Paul picks up a piece of broken glass— and like we heard earlier, cuts his own throat just as the police break down the door and get inside. 
Back in modern-day Abaddon, Diane and her crew are able to get into the hotel. And, yeah, it's 5 a.m., but, like, it's pitch dark in here. Like, of all the windows are boarded up. There's no daylight. And she's like, oh, my God, it was left, like, exactly how it was. There, we see this smeared blood. We see the trail of blood on the hallway as Sarah is dragged down the hallway. Allison, they immediately go down to the basement. Uh, and they idiots. see the stairs are sprayed with blood. But luckily, Diane's cameraman's like, I'm not going down there. You can go down if you want. I refuse. So we don't actually go down into the basement. We see okay. all of these, the, all of like the abandoned rooms. We see the bar. And we sort of see like the happier times of Sarah and the gang when they were setting it up. So it's like every room we see like the early happy memory of them trying to set it up. Diane's, yes. Diane's phone rings, Allison. And it's Mitchell, the producer, with terrible news about this footage you just watched. But Diane puts it on silent and says, I'll call him when we're done. So they head up the stairs to the second floor where the crew slept while they were staying at the hotel. They arrive at the top of the stairs, and the number on the door, Allison, is 2C. And the cameraman, fortunately, is like, what the fuck is going on? And Diane says, well, if she's staying here, I do want to talk to her. The cameraman's like, why would she be staying here? What are you talking about? Allison, Diane knocks on the door, and the door creaks open, and we see Sarah sitting on the bed, staring out the window. And Dan's like, oh, my God, Sarah, are you okay? And Sarah turns, and her face is completely ripped open and bloody. Oh, my God. And suddenly there's another figure in the room, a cloaked figure. And the last shot is the camera hitting the floor. And we hear the piano start to play, Hector the Ghoul tickling those ivories. And we end on, if you could believe it, even more text. To this day, the tragedy at the Abaddon Hotel remains a mystery to the public. But I would argue we've solved it because we saw this movie and it explains exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. The, the end. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hell house. Um, now there is, I mean, it's almost hard to, uh, we, it'll take another hour to go through it. What are some fatal mistakes that you think the Hell House crew made during the film. Fatal mistakes. I mean, as soon as you're hearing screaming that's not from one of you at the haunted house you're setting up, it's time to pack it up and go. Like, I just feel like at every point when something happened, they should have left. Um, Absolutely. I feel like, um, personally, yes. aside from all that, when mm-hmm. Paul... If you're going to stay as late as they did, when Paul disappears, and then when Paul yes. reappears, catatonic, if one of my loudmouth friends showed back up after disappearing completely silent and unable to engage in conversation or get yes. out of bed, go take them somewhere to get them help. Mm-hmm. Things have, something has gone so wrong. Yes. The idea that we're going to, I understand you need money. I understand we have, you know, hey, unfortunately we live in a society where you need to run a hell house in order to survive. Yep. But that's the, that's the point of no return. And once yeah. they continue past that, it's like, well, then you guys know what you're in for. Yeah. Now it's on you. Also, I'm looking up. So the, the movie was uh, written by Stephen Cognetti, written and directed. And I, I'm looking at, so I was trying to be like, oh, what else did this guy write? I could be wrong, but I think his wife on January 3rd was sworn in as mayor of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Whoa. Pedge Gebhard Cognetti. 
I um so that would maybe explain that maybe he got he, he's more of a, a guy into politics. Wow, that's fascinating. Well, good for them. Wow. Yeah. A fantastic horror movie and hopefully a great mayor for the beautiful city of Scranton. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. If you they live in Scranton, it. let us know what you think. But wow, isn't that funny? Interesting. Yeah. Well, two absolute, uh, a power couple if I've ever seen it. Um, and Absolutely. then finally, Allison, where would you put Hell House on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. Ooh, I mean, this feels like a real, like, like a seven and a half. Maybe even yeah. an eight. This is scary. And it's, again, like form and content, you know, perfect harmony. Um, this is exactly what needed to have. It, it sounds, I don't want to watch it. A hundred percent. I'm going to give it an eight because I, I watched it in the dark alone and Ooh. was genuinely jumped multiple times. And then I, I think, it, again, like it's a perfectly conceived, like this is yeah. what you dream of when you're making a low budget horror movie. Yes. Is that like yes. you are able to pull off so much with, you know, a, a reasonable budget and yeah. absolutely fucking terrifying. Oh, also, I just want to say it now. I'm looking at Stephen Cognetti's Twitter. He finished his a new horror feature in in uh, October, Ooh. and it's called Eight Two Five Forest Road. And so I have to assume it involves another spooky house or building. Got to be a house. And cannot wait to based on this. Cannot wait to see that yes. one. We will. We will be covering it. Absolutely. Um, all right, guys. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed this one. I hadn't watched yes. it before and absolutely loved it. And we hope you enjoyed it too. We will continue. Was this our last? I'm trying to remember. Do we have one more? Know. We don't know. I guess you guys we don't know, know anything. more than we do. We yeah, don't know you anything. Let us know. Do we do one more? It's hard because <laughs> Tell us what day it is. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because of like how the nature of time. We already recorded this, so you can't yes. answer it. Nope. Oh, we definitely know that this is before our next live show. So yes. on Sunday, April 3rd, we're having our next live show. Our hope is like to do them more frequently. We really enjoy them, and it seems like you guys like them too. Yeah, and, we have a lot of fun. Um, you guys seem to have fun. We live yeah. for the chat. You know, it's great. So same, same deal as usual, uh, momenthouse.com slash ruined. And uh, it'll be up for 72 hours. And we will be doing X, which is the new Ty West movie from A24. We we got your creepy old people. We got your porno. We got uh, seemingly some sort of splatter slaughter situation. It seems like this film has it all. And we hope that you will join us as we discuss uh, what all is in it. Yeah. So get those tickets. When you're listening to this, those should be hopefully up. And uh, we we got to ask, love, if you wouldn't mind, please keep, keep it spooky. spooky. We love you. We love you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time.
only on Netflix.